Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome to Woven. Um, today we are talking, we're on episode 49, and we're going to be talking through Holy Week. Yep. So we thought it would be pretty fun to just kind of go through the different days of Holy Week, what they mean, um, why we celebrate the traditions that we do as yep. Christians. and um, But I think first we're going to start with talking about Lent, because we are going? in Lent. Um, you go first. Okay. So as everybody knows, even my Sunday school kids and my Sunday school class that I teach, they were all asking me how it was going this week with giving up Netflix and Hulu. Um, it's going well. Like it's been hard because, um, I'm still allowed to watch some TV, but it has to be like whatever. Yeah. Back up a little bit. Cause if someone didn't listen to our Okay. So I'm giving up like streaming, like so that I don't binge watch because my issue is with binge watching. So I'm still allowed to watch like some shows that we have recorded or on, you know, you know, those old timey things called DVRs that, yes. you know, or are, like live TV. Yeah. So, so live TV or whatever. So like I'm watching March Madness and stuff like that. So no biggie, <laughs> but Hey, <laughs> my bracket is amazing. It's doing awesome. I have almost all of the sweet 16 teams. That's a story for another time. Anyway, I'm serious. I know like, I, I believe you, I've but got, that's what happens when people talk about sports. <laughs> I just hear Charlie Brown's teacher saying, wah, 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 wah. Totally going to win my pool. Anyways, so. <laughs> dear. So I'm, but like, you know, there, remember back in the day when you didn't have streaming and then there would be times where there was nothing on TV? Yes. That's where I'm living right now. That's why I like um, infomercials so much. Like, I I love infomercials. Like, I'm not even joking. I really? really? Yeah, I think they're so funny to watch. They are kind of funny. Sure. Sorry. Okay, we're okay. talking about your life. So, not so um, anyways. But wait, I, there's more. Go ahead. Wait, there's more. <laughs> um, so, I've, it's been good. It's been hard because sometimes I'm like, you know, you just want to numb out. And I'm like, I yeah. just want to turn on Netflix. But and the, Or I was at, you know, at a party the other day and people were talking about all these Netflix documentaries they were watching and I'm like I really want to go home and watch one of those they sound so good you could do that no I'm because it's a rabbit hole for me okay you can't watch one documentary no because I mean I could Uh but I'm really trying to like stay away from it completely so um anyways um I so that's been hard because you know but I'm like, it's six weeks, Rebecca. He'll be fine. So um, I have gone to sleep earlier every single night. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a new human being because mm-hmm. I'm getting more sleep. So that's one of the big things for me, which just that makes my days better, which is just yeah. better for everybody. And then um, the other thing is, is I'm reading more. And that is good for me, too. I was going to say, so you're seeking at the end of the day, as we all do with our, like, numbing behaviors, just to maybe not numb, but just to decompress. Press. So yes, yes. reading has become that for you. Reading, um, actually of- having conversations with my husband. Uh-huh. It's funny how yeah. when you turn the TV off, that happens. Yeah. So um, you're missing Queer Eye, though, which is I really am. I'm really sad. sad. Stop talking about it. A couple more weeks. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm very sad. It's okay. You've reminded me like three times already. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, um, it's okay. It'll all be there waiting for me. That's the thing. It's It's all going to be abundant. There's an abundance. Yeah, like it's not going anywhere. And that's, hey, that's another thing too. We were talking before we started recording about delayed gratification and also about this like scarcity mindset we weren't talking about, but that's, this is where this leads to is like this thought that if I don't hurry up and do something, it's not going to be there. Mm -hmm. And like, God's just reminding me that like, 
the blessings are there, but sometimes we need to slow down a little bit. Chris, our pastor, talked about that a little bit this weekend when he was talking, mm-hmm. or yesterday, in his message when he was talking about the Israelites, and he was talking about how they, um, you know, he they show up to the Red Sea, and there's all this blessing that's about to happen, but he has them, like, sit there and wait a little bit mm-hmm. before the blessing comes. That's not exactly what he said. I'm totally butchering his sermon. But it's just this idea that, like, if we don't slow down, then we could miss the provisions around us. Yeah. So the importance of slowing down. So that's kind of what's what what's been for just me. Just like noticing your life, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Instead of like just trying to numb everything. And honestly, like I I used to think of reading as a numbing behavior and as a way to decompress. Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where reading was too hard, which is the dumbest thing ever. Like, I was like, really, like, that really bothered me that I got yeah. to the point where um, I'm too tired to read. Um, so I'm just going to keep watching TV. And um, and so, like, so that's why I've gone to sleep sometimes. I'm like, if I'm too tired to read, I just need to go to bed. Yes. You yes. know? Um, so I told David last night, it was like nine something and all the basketball games were over. And nine's early for me to go to bed. Um, cause I've barely gotten the kids in bed and I was just sitting there and I was like, there's nothing on TV and I'm too tired to read. I'm just going to go to bed. And I feel mm-hmm. really good today because I did that. So that's anyways, awesome. That's how Lent's going for me. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I think we should link to that article in the show notes about the guy who had forgotten how to read. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. We're going to find that and link to it because yeah. it's a good read. Um, it's very sad. It is sad, but I think— Because I love to read, and it's sad that I've gotten to the point where I think it's too hard sometimes. Well, and that's just like a slippery slope, and mm-hmm. you caught yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that we all have that potential to get into those places. So yeah. it's, Lent is a time to kind of catch yourself and yeah. all of that. So I feel like I've caught myself um, in terms—so what I gave up for Lent was fantasy shopping. So you're talking about fantasy basketball, and I'm talking about fantasy wardrobe. It's not fantasy uh, basketball. It's real basketball. Oh, it's real. It's real. It's March Madness. It's a bracket. It's real. Okay. <laughs> This is how much I care. Um, <laughs> I'm not playing fantasy basketball. Okay. I'm playing real basketball. I'm not playing real basketball. They're playing real basketball. But Whatever. you're betting on the team that I, you think is going to win? And I'm not putting any money on it. It's just bragging rights. Oh, okay. Because um, <laughs> it's my small group. We're not going to bet in small group. Because you're very holy. Because <laughs> we're very holy. <laughs> Why not bet? You should I'm bet. I'm just joking. We just decided not to. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's bragging rights. I tell you, I get to say for the next year that I won the pool. That's big for me. I'm a three, remember? Oh, yes. You're a Competition. Three. Well, big for me is image. Because I'm a four. <laughs> Not image, but like beauty, I guess. Yeah. And so um, yeah. it is image. But so I gave up sort of the idea of um, fantasy wardrobes. So like buying stuff on Instagram, because I think like if I have that shirt, I will be that person or yeah. um, I will have that life that I want or whatever. And it was actually yeah. kind of funny. So. Chris and I went on a vacation to Mexico, and so we uh, went for a wedding, and so it was a lot of me thinking about what I was going to wear and, like, planning my outfits and stuff, and um, the day before we went, he ended up going to the hospital for dehydration, and I was packing while this was happening, and I get this call from his boss who's like, hey, we just called an ambulance for Chris because he's been throwing up at his desk, and I was like, oh, what? Like, okay. And um, it was really weird that night because we he ended up staying overnight and he's totally fine now. He got lots of the fluids and all of the things. And yeah. um, so he's okay. But he had just had a stomach bug that didn't even seem that bad. But apparently yeah. it, it was. And it was pretty scary. And I was – I had been in the middle of packing and, like, over-focusing so much on, like, my outfits and worrying yeah. so much about did I have the perfect outfit for this event. And I just remember the Lord being like, it just doesn't matter. And just thinking about how much time I had spent, like looking for clothes and like the perfect thing. And, um, like for me, 
it's the same with Netflix, right? Like you can do it in a healthy way. Like yeah. clothes are fun. Like I enjoy it. However, I can also get to a place where it becomes a sort of numbing, like controlling yeah. behavior where yeah. I'm trying to get too, uh, what am I trying to say? Like I'm trying to like craft something. Yeah. Like it's, it's no longer like a fun expression yes. of myself. It becomes sort of like, how am I presenting my image? Yeah. And so yeah. it's a fine line and it's something it that I have to be tuned into. And so that has been my Lent thing. Um, and it was funny because of course we go to Mexico and I wear the same like cover up every day. And it's like, you know, you never, it, it's never what you think it'll be. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, and I, I've just, so I haven't been shopping for fantasy clothes, which has been not as hard as I thought it would be, um, actually, because I think I want to change this behavior. Yeah. Like, I think Lent is harder when, like, I'm resistant to the change of behavior yes. and I don't want to do it. But, like, I actually am like, this is an issue and I don't want to be this That's way. That's why I felt about Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So, it's actually, I'm kind of, like, leaning into it yeah. and sort of, like, I mean, and I've still gone shopping. It's not that. But I, I'm just not, like, buying into the lie that if I have this one thing, my life will be this way that is yeah. different than it is now. And it's sort of the same thing you're talking about, just tuning into my life now and seeing how good it yeah. is. And not feeling the need to always be striving. Yeah, and for yeah. me, that striving comes through the image I project through clothing. Yeah. In, yeah. in the moment right now. Yeah. So I would say it's going good. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm, like, in past years, I've definitely been a lot more resistant to Lent. Yeah. And I think this year I'm, like, actually embracing it. And yeah. that's making a difference. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. Good. yeah. It's good to lean into that. And, you know, one of the things Chris was talking about yesterday was about how um, sometimes – you know, the Israelites, and this has always been fascinating to me about, you know, they leave the, the promise, they leave Egypt where they're in slavery and bondage and mm-hmm. they've begged to get out. And then they get into the middle of the wilderness and they're free from their oppressors. And then they start grumbling and complaining mm-hmm. because they want to go back to slavery because it was easier because those boundaries of bondage sometimes are just easier than dealing with the freedom of the wilderness. Yeah, And it was just really, it was just a really good reminder that like, Freedom is something we should be striving for, but it's not easy. And um, sometimes we, like, want to revert back to the bondage because that's actually easier. Mm-hmm. The freedom is actually harder, <clears throat> even though it's better. So I just thought that was a really good picture. And that's, uh, like, a perfect picture of what, like, yeah. what, like, for me, like, I have, like, freedom for the from this thing that was oppressing me. I mean, it's an oppression. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it is taking a hold on you and you can't break free of it— Mm-hmm. Without completely cutting it off, then it is an oppressor. Yeah. And so that seems silly to say that binge watching TV is an oppressor, but like it was. No, like it, it has, yeah. you know, it like has a hold on you or whatever it is that you're giving up has a hold on you. And then like the Lent time is a wilderness experience of the freedom. And sometimes it can be hard. Like you want to go back to the oppression because the oppression was easier because there's a lot of uncertainty and freedom. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next and like how I'm going to deal with this and. Like, I'm having to, like, think more yeah. <laughs> instead of, like, stopping thinking by doing something else. And there's there's um, a fear in that. But yeah. also there's freedom and there's so much good that comes from freedom if we can just, like, push through the hard. So that's a good reminder for me. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of the garden. Like, we, we have this freedom, but we're, I mean, like, yeah. we are so, it's, like, jarring. It's, like, we yes. instinctively look for cover yeah. all the time. Yeah. And... Yeah. I don't know. I do like yeah. constantly. So yeah, it's good. That's yeah. good. Lead into Holy Week. Holy Week. Yeah. So it starts with what day, Rebecca? Palm Sunday. So um, right now when you're listening to this podcast, it's the Tuesday before Palm Sorry Sunday. Sorry about the end of my Starbucks drink. She's sucking it through the straw. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Not annoying at all. Um, but 
Yeah. So this, this, um, you guys are listening to this today. This is the Tuesday before Palm Sunday. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about all the stuff that's happening next week. And um, so Palm Sunday's first, which is this coming Sunday. And um, that it's one of my favorite days. Everybody yeah. has like their favorite days on the church calendar. Um, I would say Palm Sunday is my favorite day. Tell me why. Um, it's so interesting. It's such a dichotomy because it's the start of like the worst week ever yeah. <laughs> in Jesus' life. But it's also such a celebration. Mm-hmm. So it's like the so Easter is the celebration after the hard. This is the celebration before the hard. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't know that obviously. Jesus yeah. did. Jesus yeah. was aware of what was about to happen, but nobody else did. Um, but I know, we know as Christians yeah. that like it's about to be a really hard week. And it's almost like the celebration is like a like a pep rally to get mm-hmm. ready for the hard week. And yeah. then like we know that Easter's coming at the end and the celebration's gonna last for even longer. But there's it's like a taste of the celebration. That's why yeah. I, that's why Palm Sunday is my favorite. Okay. I love it. And tell us like what happened on Palm Sunday. Okay, so this is this day um would not have been unusual. Like at all these people from all over um the area that were, you know, the Jewish people had been spread out all through mm-hmm. the Roman Empire. Um, so they are all in Jerusalem. They're spread out everywhere. And they're coming to Jerusalem as a pilgrimage for Passover. Okay. So people, there have been pilgrims coming from all over um, that part of the world. They have been traveling from hundreds of miles. Um, that would have been coming in. And so this day um, in their calendar would have been a day of celebration. Like there would have been people lining the streets um, anyways, mm-hmm. um, whether they happened every year. Okay. So that the people, the pilgrims would come in and the people that lived in Jerusalem would be on the streets cheering them on, okay. bringing them in. So this is not, like they didn't just decide to do, do this because Jesus was coming. So I think that's an like, important thing to note. Like this uh-huh. was happening anyways. But this, obviously this day has a little bit of a twist on it because yeah. um Jesus comes in riding on the donkey um, for the start of Passover. He's coming in like any other pilgrims coming in. But there's, you know, there's an air that something's different because, you know, the the Pharisees and everybody are stirred up. Like there's already these yeah. plans to kill Jesus. And he's coming in knowingly to his death. Um, and there, there's a sense of that. And the people seem to know that even though they don't know what's going on. And so um, if you read in the Gospels, the Palm Sunday passages, um, when they're shouting uh, from Psalm 18, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, they would have been shouting that every time people were coming in for Passover. Oh. So they would have been saying, you guys are coming in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. Like this is just a praise. They were uh-huh. reciting Psalm 118. They add on to the end of that. Um, they So they say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then they add, even the King of Israel. And so they kind of tag this. So some of them are tagging that on the end. And then they quote um, Zechariah 9.9, behold, your king is coming, sitting on um, on the colt. So uh-huh. like that's that's a prophecy being fulfilled from, from Zechariah. And so like that's an addition. So okay. he, they are handling it, some of them, not all of them. So, so everybody's Jesus wrote in on a, a donkey. A donkey, yes. yes. And because that's a fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. Uh, because everybody in their mind thought the Messiah would come in like as a, you know, it's the picture that you have of, you know, the prince coming in on the white horse to save yeah, the day. Yeah. You know, that that image. Mm-hmm. That's the image they had of the Messiah. When actually all the prophecies said he would be coming in humbly on a colt, like mm-hmm. to ride in on a donkey yeah. as a king and quotation marks, it would be have been um, jarring. Yeah. But some people recognized it. So everybody was shouting Hosanna, but there was a few of them were, were adding on this part about how oh, he was okay. the king coming in. Well, so the, the Pharisees hear that. Oh, and uh-huh. they 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 are they are well aware of prophecy 
and, yeah. and it, it bothers them. And so that's how everything kind of like snowballs from there. But um, there's just this sense in the air that like something big's about to happen. You just know when you've been yeah. at like a concert or mm-hmm. at a like a sporting event, maybe not you, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but, or like a political event or whatever, yeah, you yeah. know, like, you know, like, or somebody's about to make a big speech or you're in a march or, or whatever, or a wedding or whatever. Yeah. And like, you just like that anticipation, mm-hmm. like that's what's in the air. Yeah. Like, even if everybody doesn't know and the waving of the palm branches, that would have been normal. Like they would have been waving the palm branches as people were coming in. Okay. But it just, that, but the addition to that was then they lay their cloaks down at the feet of Jesus um, as the cult rides in. That's a sign of like revering his kingdom. Gotcha. So, um, so there's, there's a lot of metaphor in there of what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, but what I, I just love um, my old church, we actually don't do it at our church now. I kind of wish we did. We actually waved palm branches during the service. Aww. And I, there's just something about um, just that act. It's the physical act of doing that that I yeah. just love. Do you know what the symbolism of the palm, like why a palm branch? Not 100%. I mean, they were, it was a common tree. It was just something that was Something there, common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of metaphor um, in scripture of palm, uh, the palm branches being like a, a symbol of peace. Kind of like the dove. Oh, okay. The palm branch is a symbol of, of peace. And so, um, but for us, like, I think it's just a good way to like get our hearts ready for the week. Yeah. Like just this praise and the kind of the calm before the storm kind mm-hmm. of feeling. And and like in our hearts, like if we, even if we don't physically lay like wave branches and fall on our knees, which maybe you should do, but it's like, it's in your heart. Like it's just recognizing Jesus's Messiahship, worshiping him, shouting to him, like in your heart, preparing yourself for the week. That's heck. It's about to be a really hard week if you follow the week of the whole yeah. week. So um, like, do you have any experience celebrating Palm Sunday? Not really. Yeah. No, I mean like we do it at church and yeah. it's um like, I kind of, Good Friday is the one that always sticks out to me um, mm-hmm. of Holy Week. Like, I know Easter is the big deal, but for me, like, Good Friday is always, like, yes. pretty impactful. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Palm Sunday, I would like to engage it more. I just yes. don't really think about it very yeah. much. I can remember when I was doing children's ministry um, in one of my old churches, we, um, one year we had, um, we had, um, one of the dads dress up as Jesus, but he, his face was kind of covered. Like it was like this whole symbolism, but like he would come down the hallways of the children's ministry and the kids would wave their branches and sing Hosanna. And like, it's just so memorable. Like, I think it's just a good, like, just a good way for us. Like if we can just picture that over and over when we're worshiping this week, I think it's helpful to have those visuals of like just how to physically worship Jesus. Yeah, definitely. I really like it. Especially because I think, um, and we can talk about this later in the episode, but I feel like this week is tricky for me because it's kind of like you're trying to enter these feelings. Yes. But you also are like, but it already happened. And yes. like, I know what happens next. Yes. I'm trying to like feel this sadness or this. Anti- so it's like, yes, we should talk about that towards the end of like, yes. how do you actually engage this stuff? Because <laughs> I feel like it can feel kind of like I'm faking it. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go get really sad and then I'm going to be really happy in two days, like yeah. three days, whatever. Also, it's not three days difference. We need to talk about that too. Okay. Okay. Go. What's after Palm Sunday? Okay. So, um, Monday, Thursday, and it actually is the great, the, these next three days are called the great three days. The great three days. Okay. Which is the, it to be real technical, the Pascal Tritium, which is the great three days. That's where we get Pasha from for Easter. Okay. So, Pasha means the great saving act of God. It's Latin. 
Right. So the Pascal tri- Tritium is the three days that's before Easter. And it's actually, it is three days because it's sundown on Thursday to sundown on Sunday. So it is three days. Well, but we do Good Friday. I know. So you've got Monday, Thursday that starts on sundown. Oh. To Good Friday, sundown, to oh. Saturday, sundown. I always thought it was Good Friday to no, Easter. It starts with Monday, Thursday. Oh, okay. Yes. So, tell us so, so Monday, so Thursday. Is that the next thing after Palm yes. Sunday? Okay. So Palm Sunday, and then you have a few days. We have a few days there, and then the, the big stuff happens, starts okay. happening on Thursday. So Monday, Thursday is um, how we... Um, commemorate um, Jesus Jesus the night before, he, the night that he's handed over. So mm-hmm. before they, they, he goes to be handed over in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is, um, he's sitting with his disciples in the mm-hmm. upper room mm-hmm. and they had, they, he serves communion and it, that, that would have been them having the pa- a Passover meal. Like they would have had all week long. And there's, you know, all the symbolism behind that. But um, he's actually turning it on its head. And this is where we get communion from. Yeah. Because then he taught, he, he like brings in like the, you know, because if you've ever prote- participated in a Seder dinner and a mm-hmm. Passover dinner, like there's all this metaphor behind the Messiah prophecy coming and, you know, the, the, the Passover itself from Exodus. But here he kind of like shows them that he's the fulfillment of that mm-hmm. and like having actual like the first communion with them. Um, so the, the last supper, if you will, if you're thinking about the artwork. So, and that he also, that's where he also does the feet washing mm-hmm. where he washes mm-hmm. his disciples feet. So that's what Monday Thursday is. So a lot of churches. That, what does Monday mean? Um, I don't remember. We had this conversation. We had our church calendar episode. Okay. I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's, it has to do with, it's, it comes from a Latin term uh-huh. that has to do with a new, the new commandment. But I think it's okay. like a, okay. it's a butchering of the, the Latin word, but okay. it, it's just the way in English, but it has to do because at, at communion there, you know, he talks about the new covenant and all of that. And so, yeah. you know, that's where it, it's a butchering of that, I yeah. think. Um, but, and, you know, churches that stick real, that are real liturgical when they, if they had a Monday, Thursday service, they will have a feet washing. So oh, if you wow. participate in a, in a extremely liturgical church, then you would do a feet washing on Thursday Awkward. nights. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we don't do well, that. and in some churches, like it'll just be a selection of people, so it would just be twelve people, uh-huh. and the priest would wash the feet of those twelve people as uh, you know, yeah. as a symbol of the twelve yeah. disciples. So the whole church's feet aren't being washed. Okay, yeah, but it's just a commemoration. So, but yeah, so it's it's the a celebration because that was the beginning of the end because yeah. they leave that, and that's when Judas, right after Judas leaves, that is when he goes and you know gets his money and. Okay, yeah. um, Turns Jesus in, and then they show up in the garden. So that this is kind of the beginning of that. Okay. So that's Monday, Thursday. So, um, and then from there, um, you go into Good Friday. So that's sundown on Thursday is when you would have your Monday, Thursday service. And then you go into Good Friday. Um, And in a really liturgical church, after the Monday, Thursday service, you would strip everything from the altar. You would drape a veil over the cross. There wouldn't be any more music, like an organ wouldn't be playing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like just, it's supposed to become very somber, somber mm-hmm. from Good Friday until until Easter. So, um, and just, it's supposed to be a sad time. I mean, Good mm-hmm. Friday is just supposed to be sad. So Yeah, usually our church, like, they turn all the lights off. Yeah. And, um, it's supposed to be dark. We're supposed to be, be entering into darkness and light will come on Easter. But um, it's supposed to be a very dark um, time. Because tell us the obvious thing, what happened on Good Friday. And that's where Jesus handed over. So the, it starts with, you know, Thursday night, 
all the stuff that goes down in the garden mm-hmm. where, you know, give he, us a, in case somebody's listening and okay. they like, so they go, they, they leave the upper room. They've had, which is where they're having the last supper, dinner, their Passover whatever. dinner. They leave, they go to the, he goes to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Which he, is just like a garden. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. Not like, And it does have symbolic meaning that I currently can't remember off the top yeah. of my head right now that he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um and which we sing the song this yeah. weekend at church, um, go to Dark Gethsemane. So he goes, he goes there, and the point of that is to go to pray. And he goes, because it's outside the city, he goes to pray and he brings the disciples with him and he tells the disciples to keep watch while he goes into the garden to pray. Um, you know, they fall asleep. They fall asleep yeah. they get, he comes back out and says, Why are you sleeping? He goes back in to pray. Um, they fall asleep again. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's just a symbol of our of our Christian life. Like it's, yeah. it's just sometimes we fall asleep. And so like all he knows what's about to happen and the disciples are falling asleep. It's just the irony is amazing. And they were keeping watch because or they were supposed to be keeping watch because they were they coming were, to yes, kill Jesus. They were coming yeah. to kill Jesus. And because, you know, the idea of being watchful and praying, they were supposed yeah. to be praying. He's going off to be alone, but they were supposed to be bringing him before God yeah. too. So he goes into the garden and he prays, you know, God, I don't want this, but your will be done, not mine. You know, it's a butchering mm-hmm. of the of the scripture. You can go and read it. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, there's the the sweating of the blood and everything that happens because he knows what's about to happen, but he gives up his will for the will of God. And so, and then right after that, you know, the, the troops come in mm-hmm. to take him away because Judas has, you know, betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And they take him off. Um, so this is all happening on the evening of Good Friday. They take him off. He goes, they, you know, take him into, to, the governor, they take him into Pilate. He, you know, goes through all this trial. You know, it's a, it's a, a ruse, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's not, I mean, he's going to die. But mm-hmm. so they, and then he starts, um, That then they sentence him to death on the cross. And so that all happens on Friday night. Okay. And then they, they take him, um, you know, on the cross. That, so that starts on Thursday night. And then by the time we get to Friday night is when he dies on the cross. So it takes that whole day of of Friday until the evening for him to yeah. go through the trial. I mean, the trial happens really fast. Yeah. I mean, because it's a ruse. So, yeah. And the yeah. cross was like the most brutal form of Roman yes. execution. Yeah. Also. And so he's being executed with really horrible people that yeah. are being executed because of actual bad things they've done. <laughs> yeah. And Jesus is being executed because, you know, he's the Messiah. Yeah. So. Because he claims to be God. Because he claims to be God. And because, um, the, you know, the Jewish leaders were so worried. Well, not only were like, but I'm talking about just the government leaders. I'm not talking about the the Pharisees and stuff that are sentencing to death because they were afraid of him and they didn't understand and they thought he was threatening their power and all of that stuff. But like the governmental leaders who aren't even religious are um, are executing him because they just don't want the Romans to see that there's like upheaval in the land. Mm-hmm. So they're so afraid of the Roman powers that they've got to squelch this like zealous movement. So that, mm-hmm. that looks like they have this element of control over their people. And so the people are starting to get out of hand. The Jewish people are starting to get out of hand because they want to kill Jesus. I mean, because they see him as a heretic and all of these things. And it becomes an uprising. And like Pilate just like is like, I can't, I can't be seen that I don't have control. So I'm going to give them whatever mm-hmm. I want. And so, even though I, if you read the scripture, you can see that Pilate doesn't really believe Jesus is guilty. Mm-hmm. He has like a, a moment of like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, 
And that's why he kind of says to the people, the blood's on your hands, not mine, because he knows that Jesus is innocent. But he he has to give over to the will of the people because he has to be seen that he has control over his people. So because it's not cool in the Roman culture that mm-hmm. a governor doesn't have control over their land, he would have lost his head for sure. So um, anyways, there's a lot of political stuff yeah. going on in the background. Interesting. So, okay, so that's Good Friday. So that's Good Friday. So he dies um, Saturday morning. They wake up. Um, you know, he's dead. They take him to be buried. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they take him to be buried on Saturday. That's Holy Saturday. Who's they? Who's that, the disciples. Okay. So uh, most of them have run away, but it's mostly the women left over. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they take him and have, give him a proper burial. And, um, you know, one of the s- disciples has land and a tomb to bury him in. So they do that. And um, it's called in the church tradition, Silent Saturday. Okay. So it's supposed to be, or the Great Sabbath. It's a holy Saturday. Like you're really supposed to be, it's supposed to be a time of like, like a real Sabbath where you don't do anything and you're kind of just like sitting and waiting in Uh silence is what you're supposed to do. Now, most of us in our current culture don't do that on Saturday. We're like all prepping for Easter Sunday (laughs) and all the things, dying all the eggs, doing all the things. But um, it should be, there should be at some point in that day, even if you don't spend the whole day in this like legalistic thing, but like spend some time on holy Saturday thinking about what's happening and that he's dead um, because they did not know what was going to happen. Yeah. We do, but they did not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just a way um, for us to like dig deeper and grasp more fully the cross. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're supposed to do on Saturday. So, and then we go into Sunday. And then Sunday. Yeah. Which we'll talk about more in our next episode. We're going to talk about celebration and Easter and all of those things. But yeah. Yes. So any thoughts on like, Good Friday, like that whole weekend to you, like what does it mean to you? I'm kind of trying to think how to like age appropriately talk to Maddie yeah. and Penny about it, but I'm also trying to think about how I can engage um, those days as they're intended to be engaged without like being a total weirdo or also yeah. ignoring them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely, I try to wear black to Good Friday service and I try yes. to let myself cry. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, maybe that's enough. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think for, for me, like Good Friday is just for a time for me to like, yeah, it's hard for me to feel. So it's a good <laughs> for me to try to make myself feel on that day. But also just, like, sit under the weight of the enormity of what has taken place. Mm-hmm. You know, just, like, have, just thinking on, like, he took the weight of every sin of every person ever. Mm-hmm. And then he's doing that on the cross. And God says, I can't even look at you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he's forsaken um, by his heart, which was the worst part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you hear that in his voice um, when he speaks to God, when he's on the cross. But it's what he had to do for us. And so, like, I more um, just think about, I'm just so oppressed in a good way with the love. Mm-hmm. And then, so there is this feeling of, like, darkness and sadness, but also just this overwhelming, I can't believe he did that for me. Yeah. Feeling, too, yeah. is what I try to sit with. What would you say to somebody who's like, I don't believe that Jesus did that for me. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people struggle with this. Like, yeah, we hear like, he would have died for just you. But yeah. I don't think people believe that. Like, yeah. What would you, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm just curious yeah. what you would say. Um, 
No, um, I'm, I, I, I think it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me yeah. to even grasp like that. That's just for me. Um, that he, you know, leaves the 99 for just the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I just have to have faith and believe that it's true. Like, I mm-hmm. don't think there's any like overwhelming evidence or, mm-hmm. but like to just, it, not only that he came for the sins of the whole world, that he came for my sin, that he wasn't, you know, it's hard to like, yeah, it's easy for us to say, oh, he's put the whole sins of the world on him. But like, that includes me. <laughs> yeah. That includes my sin. Um, it's not just the collective sin, it's the personal sin. And it's not just the collective salvation, it's the, you know, one salvation. So I just, I do, I remember those times where Jesus is talking and he, you know, compares himself to the shepherd and the and the one sheep that gets lost, or the one coin that's lost, or mm-hmm. all of those, um, all those parables he tells that like it really is. It's all about the all and the one, um, mm-hmm. and and having to rest in that, and like but just believe it. Like it's hard to believe, but like just um, telling ourselves, preaching to ourselves over and over that it's true. I mean, yeah. outside of outside of faith, I, there's it's hard to like make yourself believe that. Yeah, I think outside of preaching to yourself. (laughs) Well, so we've been talking, so we're, Lent is ending. Yes. Let's talk a little about like the relationship of Lent to Holy Week. Like we should be coming into it sort of empty. Yeah. Having been empty. We're, we're, We're coming into it. We should be coming into it with our sense of neediness. Yeah. Like, so that I think that helps. I think mm-hmm. that helps when we get to Good Friday for us to understand that it's for us because we've been spending the past 40 days, um, remembering how needy we are and how much we can't do this on our own. And we're reminded of that because we're yeah. taking, we're stri- we're willingly stripping away yes. our defenses and our yes. addictions. Yes. And it, and it helps us to, we're like, really like, if we take all the way, all those numbing behaviors away, we really have to sit with like what's really going on with us. Mm-hmm. And then we can see that we can't take care of those things on our own. And that those sins, those addictions, those whatever, like whatever crutches we're using, like mm-hmm. they, they're, they're false. They're not real. And the only way to like new life, which we get at Easter is through the way of the cross and through Jesus. And, but we have to, like, if we can't just like not examine ourselves at all and then get to Good Friday, like then we, we can't really sit under the weight of that. Because, like, if we don't really believe that we need Jesus, why would we right. be, like, under this weight of what he's done for us? So yeah. that's the importance of Lent for Holy Week, I think. It's to show you your need, for yeah. sure. And then, like, it's you need to sit under the weight of what's happened in that grief to be able to experience celebration on Easter. Like, I just, I really struggle with, like, the Christian communities that don't, not just not lean into Lent, but not lead into the the hard parts of the Holy Week. Like yeah. uh, there's a lot of Christian communities that like do Palm Sunday and Easter, but nothing yeah. in between. Yeah. And uh, there's, um, we have to go, like I was just thinking today when I went for my walk and I was like looking at all the tree, the spring trees, like those trees only bud because they've died. Right. <laughs> you know, there's death. And so like. That we, was a Rebecca Cochran phrase right here. I know. <laughs> look, at, look at you rubbing off on me with metaphors. But like just this, that's why Easter happens in spring, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like this death, like, you can't have life without death. Yeah. And so um, if you don't sit in the death, then you can't experience the real life of Easter. I mean, we can dye our eggs and eat mm-hmm. our ham, but by the way, Jesus <laughs> wouldn't have eaten ham. That's a story for another time. <laughs> We can eat our honey baked ham 
time all we want. Um, and by the way, they, they're, they're welcome to sponsor our episode if they'd like, but, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, we, it, that's all it is. Like we're just opening our Easter baskets and dyeing our eggs, which there's, there's meaning behind all of that stuff. But like that celebration, it's hollow hollow unless you're like, understand your neediness and understand the the depth of the cross. So yeah. And there's no room for feast if you're already full. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, what are your resources for this that we can point? Okay. So, and I'll, and I'll put this in the show notes, but, um, my favorite, well, there's, there's lots of books that I really like um, that I'll also link to because I don't have them in front of me. There's there John Stott has a book on the cross that I think is fabulous, but I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know the exact name of it. But I will link that in the show notes. But the one that I've been really loving right now is called Living the Christian Year. It's by Bobby Gross. Um, he's actually a local Atlanta guy. Um, he goes to our church, but on the east side. I don't know him personally, so I'm not like just plugging this because he's a friend because he's not. But um, it's a really good resource, um, and he there's multiple chapters on the Holy Week in it mm-hmm. um, and just how how we like readings that we can do that week and um, ways to celebrate those days in a way that like like you were saying how not to be weird but also to like make them significant yeah um you know because we all we still ha- I mean like for me like some some schools um, school systems and government systems shut down for Good Friday and um, Easter Monday but like we're becoming progressively more secular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's pluses and minuses to that. <laughs> but um, one of the, like my kids aren't off on Good Friday or on Easter Monday. So they're still going to school. Mm-hmm. So like, it's how do we mark those while we're still in the middle of everyday life? Because um, we we don't live in a culture anymore. I mean, even when I was a kid, we got those days off of school. And well, we don't my now. kids go to an Orthodox preschool. So not only do they get American Easter holidays off, like Good Friday and stuff, they also get Orthodox. So they're basically off for like the longest because, you know, because Orthodox, Orthodox Easter after. is yeah, different. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's the bad side is we have a lot of days. to <laughs> So, um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's figuring out how to like mark these things in the midst of our everyday life, which I think is, yeah. it's different for everybody, you know, but I highly recommend like, you're, it's probably not going to fit in your life to go to church every single one of those days. But, if you can make it to a good Friday service, make it to a good Friday service. Like yeah. it, even if I don't set aside Holy Saturday, which most of the time I don't, let's just be honest. But like, if I could, if I can go and at least sit there collectively with the body on Friday and sit in that grief, like it really does get me ready for Sunday. And I guess like maybe thinking about what the disciples like were thinking and feeling, you know, yeah. like kind of thinking like this was their friend too. Yeah. Like it, and their mentor and their, their teacher. Mentor. Like, what would that be like? Yeah. You know, I don't know, kind of putting yourself in that situation. And it's easy for me to get all like, oh, those stupid disciples. Like, they fell asleep and Jesus was sweating blood. Mm-hmm. And they, and then, and then Peter goes and cuts off the ear of that soldier, you know? And like, I resonate so much with Peter. He's my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. the impulsivity mm-hmm. and the thinking you know what to do, how to make the situation better. Like, that's totally me. And then, and then, so he's, he's, he's the only person that has said that Jesus is the Messiah. He cuts off the dude's ear that's trying to get Jesus. He was at the transfiguration and, and is, and has started to understand the enormity of what's going on with Jesus, I think, better than just about anybody. But then, he gets to the trial and he craps out and like mm-hmm. denies Jesus three times. And like, 
and you know, and, and there's good after Peter. Like he he pushes past that and doesn't let that. Like he can he receives forgiveness from Jesus, and it's beautiful when they're on the shores of the Sea of Galilee when Jesus comes back after the resurrection and restores Peter, mm-hmm. and like the restoration of Peter and what he becomes is amazing. But like we all, I I am the the chief of that. Like mm-hmm. of like in, in out one side of my mouth, like Jesus is Messiah, and out the other side of my mouth, denying him because of my image. And so it's like it's just seeing ourselves in yeah. them and, and not being all cocky because we think we know it all because we know the whole story. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's really good. Any other thoughts? Um, no. Hmm? Good. But I'm going to make a carrot cake. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Easter because not only do we get to talk about Easter and how awesome it is and all the celebrations and Miss Rebecca Cochran over here is going to give us some awesome recipes. On top of that, we get, just got, we get to talk about celebration in general, including... The fact that we've been on for a year and we have about to have 50 episodes. What, what? It's going to be our 50. So we actually <laughs> have passed our year mark. That we was have. March 17th. Yes. So um, that was pretty fun. That was the time our episode number one came out. But because yes. we took a couple of weeks off here and there, um, our 50th episode. This is a, we don't even know what we're doing. No. I feel like it's just been so quick. Like yes. this has all been so quick. So we haven't, we were going to like do this whole big like party and then that didn't happen. So we need to. Yeah. Well, if anyone has an idea, yeah. tell us, like, right this second. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> get on Instagram and private message us right now. Right now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, 50 episodes. Yeah. It's Yay. pretty exciting. It's very exciting. And we'll get to go through 50 days of celebrating for Easter for our 50th yeah. episode. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah. If, you, um, have, if you're new or if you have been here the whole time. Yeah. Um, we just really appreciate you all yeah. for listening and for sure. listening to us ramble on. Yes, it's definitely a rambling, that's for sure. It is a rambling. I get really excited about church history, so I start rambling, so I apologize in advance. No, I like it. It's good. I don't think people would listen if they didn't like it. Right? Right. Except for Chris Cochran, because he has to. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Chris. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Okay. Okay, guys. Have a great week, but not too great of a week, because you're supposed to be sad. Yeah. Bye. Bye.